Thank you for joining us for Friends and Followers, a podcast brought to you by the Seton Shrine, where stories of those who were inspired by Mother Seton's life and mission are shared. It is our hope that you might find inspiration as well, and a deeper understanding about who Elizabeth Ann Seton is. And you can subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes. We hope that you enjoyed them. Thank you. Okay. Hi, everyone. Glad that we're doing another episode. And unfortunately, I really don't know who we're talking about today. Um, so, Lisa, what do you have up your sleeve? Okay. So, today we're going to talk about Samuel Wannington Seton. He was the um, 11th child of 13. He was William Seton, Elizabeth's husband's Okay. William McGee Seton. William McGee Seton. Younger sibling? Younger sibling. Okay. Because um, William was the oldest uh-huh. and Sam was the 11th. Okay. Well, I know that there was almost like a lot of families we see today, even so, because my dad is like the eighth child and he was the baby of the family, right. but they seem to be a set of siblings. You have a set of older siblings and then you have a set of younger siblings. Correct. And so Sam is part of the set of younger siblings. You know what? Right. I'm really excited about this because I know, I don't know anything about Sam, by the way. <laughs> so I'm going to be really learning a lot from you today. So I'm looking forward to this. But what I do know is that at the time of Elizabeth's marriage with William McGee Seaton, they were very involved in the care of William's younger sibling because the mother had already passed away, right? Yeah, like there's so- some sort of like family support in the raising yeah. of the younger sibling. So the, and we um- know that by eight. In 1809, when she was coming to Emmitsburg, Harriet and Cecilia were under her care, and they were still young. They were almost of the similar ages to Anna Maria, correct? Right. Cecilia was a couple of years older. Older, but they're still in the same age group. Yeah, so um, William Seaton, William McGee Seaton's father, was married twice. His first wife died after having six children, and then he remarries um, her sister, actually, and so, and has seven more children so there's some gaps in ages the first set of kids there were five boys and one girl Mm -hmm. and then um, there's a mix in the second but the the last um, five children are born pretty much a year a year and a few months apart so they're very close and so you have harriet who we've talked about before then sam then ned then cecilia and those four in particular were really close mm-hmm. when the second wife dies sam's mother sam's only three years old okay. so he's the same age as um as elizabeth was when her mother died or almost three and so mm-hmm. this is also a time like shortly after that is when William and Elizabeth start courting and dating. And so she really becomes the the mother figure to them almost immediately. Um, William McGee's sister, younger sister is married, but she's living in Delaware. So mm-hmm. she's not close. Um, and so really at three years old, Sam starts recognizing Elizabeth as a mother figure. Yeah. And then when he, you know, just a few years later, um, their father dies, and yeah. that's when the kids are moved into um, a little bit household. Like, yeah, and Elizabeth yeah. really starts caring for them. Yeah, because it, it, she does write about how she's kind of almost exhausted, though, you know, because she's, you know, as a wife, she has her own children she's trying to raise, plus she has these siblings. It wasn't quite the plan 
that she had, right. um, even though we always say, well, Mother Seed never really had a plan. <laughs> you know, she right. definitely took each day like with grace. <laughs> like most mother, right? But she did um, write, there was one letter where she kind of writes about how she's being challenged and she's exhausted, but she's trying to do what is best. And, right, and some of the kids should get sent away to boarding school, to be right. fair, but Elizabeth is the mother figure. Mm-hmm. And she really starts that after their mother dies, but mm-hmm. even more so after the father dies. Okay. And there's a letter where she writes um, William McGee's aunt. Mm-hmm. So, and she says, this is in 1799, so about a year, a year, a few months after the father has died. She says, Samuel and Edward. Now, Edward was Ned. Ned, okay. Um, whom my father used to call his little pillars and always had one at each side of him at the table are the most promising, lovely boys that ever were, marked with elegance and grace in their appearance and manners. So she's very fond of these children, as we know, with Harry and Cecilia. She's really close to them. I think she does feel like a a mother figure to them. Um, We don't hear much about Sam as far as when William dies or when Elizabeth comes back and is thinking about converting. Well, yeah, because that's what I was saying. Like, I know um, Harry and Cecilia, but it never really had much of a thought towards the younger, the other younger siblings. So it's like, I knew this little information, but I never really dived into, well, yeah. wait, wait a minute, what happened to them? She comes to Emmitsburg, she's a convert now. Well, and we know that when she converted, there was a divide with the families and Elizabeth right. and their relationship. So there's not a lot about him in 1805 or 1806, but we know by 1807, mm-hmm. which is Elizabeth's still in New York, okay. um, Ned, now 16, decides mm-hmm. to become a supercargo on a ship that is heading to China. So I had to do some research on this because I thought supercargo would actually be the product, the merchandise. but. Supercargo was actually the person that was escorting the merchandise to this place. So Sam was really great about keeping this very, very detailed diary. Um, They said that also a supercargo could earn enough money on just one single trip to live very comfortably for a while after their return. So that was probably his motive. Yeah. But what's kind of interesting is sort of even though Elizabeth is no longer in a merchant company. The merchant company, the family's merchant company is gone, but Sam still is having his feet in the merchant world. Right. So, and a supercargo was to have excellent language, mathematics skills, to ensure correct measurements for payments made on the cargo received. Um, They had to be fluent in many languages. Um, He actually has part of this diary that he kept a Malay language dictionary, which was the mm-hmm. official language of Indonesia and Malaysia and Singapore at the time. He mm-hmm. describes in detail like the teas and the exchange of product mm-hmm. and the cost of things. He's precise on his measurements. So are you saying that um, that maybe perhaps his involvement with Elizabeth had to do with getting goods to her community? Like, I, what's no, the connection I mean, though? Like, at this, why? Point, at this point, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because that diary still exists uh-huh. and it's at the New York Historic Society and um, it's, it's really looked upon as such a huge source of information of what was traded, what uh-huh. were the costs, yeah. how long it took to get places because uh-huh. he was so detailed and so thorough. Wow. So, 
I thought it was really kind of interesting because it really showed you the importance of the Seton family, but also the intelligence. Mm -hmm. I mean, these children, these boys were really smart, mm -hmm. which the fact that Elizabeth oversaw their education and, you know, as they were living with her or away at boarding school and she picked the schools and stuff like that. I mean, she really did them a great service. I mean, they were very intelligent and got a very good education and okay. she had influence on that. Okay, cool. Which I don't so Well, I mean, it lines up because she had influence on the education here in in Emmitsburg right. Which with I, the girls. I think sometimes when people come here and visit and we're like in the mountains and stuff, they're thinking, what kind of, we've even had visitors ask, well, what kind of education could they have gotten here? Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at some of the sisters and mother student included, they were very intelligent women mm -hmm. and very good teachers. Mm -hmm. And so I think that really shows you that that's why she was looked upon to start a school. Like they really saw that she was very smart okay. and could teach children, you know, right. have that relationship. So really, in regards to Sam and Elizabeth, is that Elizabeth was an influencer to Sam's life, yeah, the direction so. and the pathway that he was going, that she had some sort of contribution to it. Yeah, I mean, she was the mother figure, and you think about how much a mother figure has influence on a child's education. Yeah. 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 So how do they stay in touch um, after she came to Emmitsburg, and he obviously is doing very well for himself. Well, so after he came back, he starts working at the bank, okay. which again, I think is interesting. We have the shipping company and we have the bank. And those True. were like the two choices that the children had. And that was what their father did both, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, which is how he got his middle name, Waddington. I don't know if we talked about that. No, yeah, I, I was wondering, because Waddington, I'm like, that is such a last name. Yeah, his, um, he was named after a man that worked at the bank with his father, Joshua Waddington. That made me think about William McGee being named after okay. a family friend with the last name McGee. Which so we like, covered in the last episode. So did he do this with all of his children? Oh. Um, because I think one of them has the middle name Curzon, which is another family friend, last yeah. name. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting and kind of cool. And, yeah. you know, that you would name the middle name after the godparent because right. it was Joshua Waddington was his godfather. Okay. So... That was kind of neat. Yeah. But anyway, anyways, okay. so Sam comes back. He's now 18. He starts working at the bank. But Elizabeth now, this is around 1808. She's okay. being shunned from the family. Right. So she's in transition from right. New York to Baltimore, but right? what I think is really cool about Ned is that he comes back. He knows that Harriet and Cecilia, who have been so close to Elizabeth, are now told by their older brother, James, you are not to see her. You can have no relationship with her. So Sam and Ned kind of take it upon themselves to transport letters. And they're, um, I, you may remember this from Harriet, like they're leaving letters at different places in town. And then Sam goes by and picks up one letter and replaces it with another letter and, and, and just kind of doing this for yeah. them. And so it was really kind of nice because it really showed as much as Elizabeth was being shunned, he wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. So he and he he always looked at his sister's happiness, like Harriet and Cecilia. He wanted them to be happy. And you can kind of yeah. see that through some of his letters to okay. them. Well, I didn't know that, but I do know that um, that Sam or was it Ned were escorting the sister, yeah. Harriet and Cecilia, because eventually they are able to join a little bit. Like somehow yeah. they got through that, which we'll save that story for another time. But was it Sam that? Sam. Okay, so it was so Sam, Sam that escorted. escorted them to Baltimore, mm -hmm. Harriet and Cecilia. Okay. Um, Harriet was supposed to go back with them, and she doesn't. Yeah. Um, and it made me think, like, what kind of influence Sam may have had on 
talking to the family about allowing Cecilia to go with Elizabeth mm-hmm. because they were so against it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really wanted Cecilia to stay, especially James, the older brother, after his wife died, wanted Cecilia to stay and take care of his eight children. children. <laughs> right, which um, is tend to be that, again, the more of the family culture, right. that's what you do, because even look at um, Catherine Seaton, you know, she's not married and stuff, but she went with her older brother to take, help take care of her children. That's right. one reason why she was in Europe. Right, but, but somehow they changed their mind and they allow Cecilia to come back. So it made okay. me think with Sam, with the influence he had, did he did he get his, convince his family to let Cecilia go? Um, with but you don't know this. We don't have like any letters or any mentioning of this. We don't. It just seems very interesting. And then Harriet comes to Baltimore. She's supposed to come back right. with um, Sam because, again, she's reaching 18. She was supposed to be out in society looking, you know, for, for a shooter, and, getting married. And, well, and she was date, you know, courting Barkley, Elizabeth's mm-hmm. half brother, whatever. It gets very complicated. But um, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. There. She doesn't come back. And yeah. Sam seems to be okay with that and her coming here. Um, so, did Sam ever come to here to Emmitsburg? Not that I could find. Okay. He writes letters about, you know, I'm going to come, I'm going to come and see you and everything. And, and there's a letter that he wrote, like in January of 1810, to Cecilia, and he doesn't mention the death of Harriet at all. And that makes me think maybe he wasn't aware yet, because she would have just died 10 days before that. So, right, and it takes time to travel, right, right. Um, for so, letters to travel. So it's possible. Those letters that he writes at first, he's just basically asking, um, like, how are they doing? How are things going? Um, Well, he he has to miss his sister because if they've been close all this time and and he's supporting them in every which way, but now they're here in Emmitsburg, I mean, he's got to miss them. Yeah, and he would write them apparently, like, you know, funny letters and stuff like that. And Cecilia, though, became worried about Sam because she's like, he's so close to me. And she said, his tender love for me daily increases. He often tells me he finds no pleasure when away from me. And so she's worried because she knows she's dying. And she's like, we're really close. Like, how is he going to take my death? Did you you ever find out the answer to that? Like, did Sam ever write about how once he learned no. of her death, how he reacted? No, and I, no. Okay. yeah, and I, I don't know why. And you know, we probably don't have all of the letters. We have a good number here. We have like seventeen mm-hmm. letters from him. Okay, but um, I don't know. I mean, he seems to be okay. What's interesting in his letters, he also like asked about the kids. Like he's like, "How is you know Anna Maria? And what is she doing among the woods?" <laughs> to to Cecilia or to Elizabeth? To Elizabeth. Oh, okay. So. Um, so he's then, writing both, so yeah. Cecilia and he's writing to Elizabeth. Okay. Right, but to your point earlier, he wasn't much older than Anna Maria, so mm-hmm. probably felt like an older brother, right? Oh, okay. I yeah. hope so. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I had, a different, I had a different thought. I did not mean to go that way. So. Um, and, and when he's but what asked, about what about um, the his other cousins, so Richard and William, because he was he would have been close. To William. Yeah, he's asking if he asked about all the kids. Oh, okay. What's interesting though is when he's remember um Anna Maria was courting and was like engaged to the one guy in Baltimore when yeah. she was just thirteen. And he asked about that. He's like, We're hearing word that she's married. If, you know, is she married? So at thirteen. <laughs> so they're hearing things and my thought was like, who are they hearing them from? Like who is passing these 
you know, this information on. But he makes references in the letter that he wrote to Father Dubois, that he mm -hmm. saw Father DeBorg when he was in New York. So mm -hmm. Sam is rarely aware of who is in their world. Okay. And he's talking to them and ah. writing them letters. And, That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just interesting because in our interpretation today, um, on campus, you know, with our house tours and stuff, like, we don't, we don't really go into the, the family, family yeah. and how they're still very much present in, in the world life. today, like you just said, in her yeah. life, in her world from 1810 to her death. Right. And she's wow. still ready. And what's, again, what's interesting is, you know, we've talked this before, but Elizabeth was from a pretty good family when you count all of her half siblings. And several of them died while she was here. Mm -hmm. And there's no mention of that. Just her, no younger, right, just her younger sister, Mary Bench, and then her own sister, Mary Post, right. does she write and they visit here. But the children kind of in between, there's like nothing there. Yeah. And it goes back to what I already knew, is that she did, other than her own sister, she had a much closer relationship to her husband's sibling. Uh, yes. They, they were the perfect family dynamic that she did not have yeah. and that she did always long for and wish she had. Um, yeah. That's why she really gravitated to even um, William McGee's father, William Seaton Sr., at a really good father figure. Like, yeah. And that's a whole other relationship we're going to. So, but and what's interesting is it wasn't her own siblings. It was his siblings mm -hmm. and William McGee himself and the whole family that yeah. influenced the kind of person that she would become, the kind of wife she'd become, the kind of True. mother True. which she passed on to her students and stuff here. Yeah. It wasn't from her own family. It's not a one-sided influence. Right. So, right. okay, so, um, but back to um, Sam, I mean, I didn't mean to go off on that. So, so, so are you saying that, okay, so Sam was talking, is very much aware of the people in her there? world. Yeah. He um, obviously had close relationship with his own cousin, Elizabeth's children, right? Yeah, and what's, okay. what Sam's the one that notices in the summer when they come here in 1809 mm -hmm. and Harriet passes away in December. He's the one that notices that Harriet's not writing. And what does this mean? And is she going to convert to Catholicism? So he knows that she's not writing him because she has something to tell him that she doesn't want to tell him. And so he like writes Cecilia and is like, I know she's up to something. I know something is happening. Mm -hmm. She needs to write me and tell me what's happening. Okay. You know, and she does. She writes, Harriet writes him and says, I've decided to become Catholic. And his response back was, well, you can come and live with me and be my housekeeper. And she's like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll stay okay. here. <laughs> okay. So after um, both Harriet and Cecilia, though, do die, both of them end up dying, um, he don't maintain contact with Well, Elizabeth. we don't hear anything really from 1812 to like 1816. And I think the reason is he went into the War of 1812. He goes into oh, the right. Army. He becomes okay. a lieutenant in the army. So so did he have any role with William Seaton II going into oh, I have no the idea. Navy? I have no idea. I mean, I know that from his um, nephew, William's, William McGee and Elizabeth's grandson, um, that they wrote a lot. They were, in, they were in contact a lot. And Sam was, especially once the family moves back to New York, was very involved with um, William, Elizabeth's son, William's children and mm -hmm. family, and saw them often and 
So he had a so he ends up having a a close relationship to William Seaton II. Yeah. Elizabeth's oldest son. Yeah, I would say a lot of But you don't you didn't you weren't able to find out if Okay, so let me take a step back to clarify where I was trying to go. So we know that Elizabeth was involved with the vocation, for better lack of words, for her son William. You know, she preferred the priesthood, we think, or the merchant world. But William really wanted to join the Navy. And finally, she relinquishes her efforts and instead helps him to get appointed or a good position in the Navy, probably because to keep him safe. I was just wondering, like, with if we weren't hearing from Sam and he was in the army, so he was in the military during the War of 1812. Did Elizabeth have any correspondence with Sam in see. trying to figure out now that you can see? But yeah. we know that, though, based on their experiences in the military, that it was a bridge of relationship between William Seaton II and Sam after, as they all go into adulthood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. There's where they talk about their Uncle Sam mm-hmm. and seeing him. Right. So he was definitely around and was part of their lives for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next thing that we find is Richard, Elizabeth's son, okay. is writing, um, yeah, is writing Sam in the summer of 1817. That's right before he's leaving for Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have Richard's letter to Sam. We have Sam's response. Okay. And it's so a, why are they writing? Well, it's very interesting because what I can gather from Sam's response is that Richard is looking for an attachment. Like he's looking for someone to write him when he's in Italy to be involved because Sam said that if you want someone to correspond with you, Mm -hmm. I'm your person. Um, Okay. So it's just, it's an interesting letter. Sam starts it with your, your letter to your friend, want every word of it to my heart. And yet you will always scarcely believe it since I have left it so long before I tell you of it. Yet it was so, for I read your affectionate lines with no small gratification and resolve at the time not to be long without telling you of it. To hear the names of your dear mother and sister spoken with affection excites me in the sweetest interest. So it makes me think that Richard must have wrote these wonderful things about his mother and and Catherine and the family and everything. And I just think that's really sweet on Richard's part. That's nice, but I was just kind of wondering though, I mean, here we have Elizabeth here in Emmersburg begging her son to write her. Yeah, and he's not. And he's not. But meanwhile, yeah. he's writing to Sam. Yeah. Because Sam's, I mean, Sam said, Richard, I would not have a young man without a correspondent. And if you please to retain me, I shall be well enough pleased and it may be useful to both. So, and then he kind of goes on, like, it may be said that letter writing is only particularly useful to professional men, philosophers, but I can see and I hope that a merchant who has a liberal education may do as much good out of his particular provinces. So he is saying, um, you know, I'll write you, I'll give you the pep talks that you need, I'll give you the encouragement, because Richard must have been very down on himself, because... What's the age difference between them? Um, let me think. So he was born in 89, and Richard was born in, you know, what, 98, I think? Um, so That's nine a couple years. years. Oh, nine years, okay. Yeah, so nine, ten years. 
Um, but Richard said, must have said something because Sam quotes back saying, um, you know, the letter of a rattled brain youngster hardly worth reading. So that's what Sam called, I mean, Richard called his letter was a letter that wasn't even worth reading. And again, mm -hmm. it goes back to, if you listen to us talk about Richard, just that, that lack of self-confidence, mm -hmm. you know, so he's asking, I guess, Sam to keep corresponding with him. Okay. And then, but what did this mean to Elizabeth? Like how does this tie back to Elizabeth? Well, I think what's good about this is that Sam gives him some really good advice. And he even goes on to say, there's so many things in the world that you can make your God, mm -hmm. but please remember there is only one God. Uh, you know, and and he tells him he needs mm -hmm. to write his mother and he needs to stay in contact with his family. And so he is that man, you know, that influence in mm -hmm. his family that's saying, you know, stop pitying yourself, get it together. Mm -hmm. You need to find a career. So he's supporting you know, Elizabeth. Yeah, he's telling him all the things that she's been saying to him, but mm -hmm. from a man's perspective, which sometimes boys need. Okay. You know, I mean, in voice need. I'm sure so, you've seen that with your sons, that sometimes it's better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, based on all this, I mean, I know I, I, I'm interjecting here because I, I'm excited. So, I'm like <laughs> already thinking, like, oh, wow. You know, uh, so my question is, I guess, is what, what kind of person do you think Sam really was, like, as a whole? I think he was. And everything uh, I'm learning about him. I think he was very attached to his family. I think he was the t kind of brother that you want to have. I think he was very loving and very kind. I think he was very intelligent. Mm -hmm. And I do think he was a go-getter. Like, I think he um, wanted to earn money. He wanted to have a nice living. But he cared about people. Mm -hmm. And he cared about education. Okay. And those are the things I think he got from Elizabeth. Those are the things I think she instilled. Remember, she was the influence from the time he was three. And that, of course, I think he got those from his father, from William McGee, too. I mean, she does make that comment where she just enjoys having Sam around and corresponding with him because he reminds her so much of her William. And so I think, I think that he did things that reminded her of what her husband would have done. Well, they said that siblings can have the similar mannerism and, right. you know, sometimes you think siblings are twins and it's like, right. no, 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 we're not twins. We're not Irish twins. We're years apart, but there's similarity. Yeah, and, and that little bit of research I've done on the other brothers, mm -hmm. they weren't like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some of the other brothers in, in between, they left their wives, they didn't take care of their children, they, oh. you know, and so um, I think Sam was the most like William. Yeah, you know, Aww. and really loved the the children. But did, you know? does Elizabeth, um, does Elizabeth write about how the similarities of that she sees in Sam yeah, reminding her of her husband? Yes, she okay. clearly writes that. Did it's you? sort of like I don't know. I think that's kind of um, there's some like peace with that because you know we all know Elizabeth Anderson's life up until eighteen twenty one. Yeah. We all know that. Um, she looked forward to eternity to be reunited. We know that William McGee was her true love. Uh, but um, it seems like through Sam, she was almost able to keep William's memory alive for herself. Did she ever write about that? Well, she said that um, Sam had no objections. Okay, Sam had no objections to his sister's new fate. He bridled only the unbroken seriousness. 
near a cross drawn poiously on a note, he wrote Sam's cross. So those notes that he would pass back and forth, he would put a little cross and say Sam's cross for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Um, but Elizabeth was delighted. And she mm -hmm. said Sam reminded her of William in the years before illness and the failure grade his spirit. Our much loved makes us all alive again, she wrote after the young man's return. So she she wrote that after he came back from China. Okay. That that his actions, his silliness, his you know, just his being alive is bringing William alive. Wow. You know, so I just think it's really sweet. Yeah. You know, I I think he was a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that you know he's just this person that any woman I think would Did you know, he marry? want to. Well, I want to save that for the oh, end. Sorry. I do want to save that for the end. Okay. Um, so the other thing I wanted to bring up, which I really see Elizabeth's influence, is that Sam goes on to be the public school superintendent. So a little background about how that was happening in New York. He was there right at the beginning. And what was happening was you had all these churches that had their own schools because they wanted to teach their own faith. However, there were a lot of families at this time that had no faith at all. Each of the churches, um, you know, they wanted to teach their faith. And so there started being, which is how the public schools came about, that children should be able to go to a church for education and teach those common rules, uh, the Ten Commandments and things like that, but not get into the specifics of each faith. Um, so he he's instrumental in getting that started. But he also starts what's called Sunday school. Now, at first I thought, oh, that's having to do with the churches. Yeah, the catechism. Yeah, it was for children that couldn't come to school during the week because they had to work. Oh. That they could come to school on Sunday huh. and learn how to read and write mm -hmm. and everything, which oh, is man. nice and sad at the same time. Okay, okay. You know, because the kids had to had to work. I mean, yeah. this is a time that factories are starting to grow and people are sending their kids off to work in those places. Okay, so just to clarify, what do in New York? Like We're still the New Manhattan area. This is okay. later. This is after Elizabeth's death. Okay. He, he gets involved in the public school system in 1827. Okay. Um, he works with them for the rest of his life and, uh, and moves up to be superintendent of public schools in New so York City. Did he write about how, again, Elizabeth influenced his... He does enough that I could Because he's going through a number of careers. And right. which in our lifetime, we know we can have multiple careers, but sometimes right. it takes you time to find that one career that you end up making it your life vocation almost. I mean, I couldn't find anything where he specifically said that. Okay. But you kind of see Elizabeth all over this. Yeah. I mean, okay. sure. <laughs> um, sure. He ends up... Um, not only helping the kids that were within the public school system, but he starts doing a lot of charity work for children specifically. Again, a little bit. Um, <laughs> right. The charism of charity right. being all written over. Yeah. They said in the 50 years that he worked for the public school system, he only missed 12 days of work. And that included, that was working every day of the week because he ran wow. a lot of the, the Sunday school lessons mm -hmm. and things like that. So, yeah. um, he would, you know, he would give to the poor. And so, yeah, he, he does go on. He does not. He is single for, oh. for all that part of his life. So he never married. He he does marry. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, but for that whole part of his life, he is single. Um, but um, he was a very good writer. He continued to um, 
teach and instruct the children. He, they said he was very funny. He tried to make lessons mm -hmm. funny and delightful. Um, so his dying, when did he marry? His dying request was that he be buried among his children. Wait a minute. Okay. You can't just jump to his dying request. <laughs> when was he married? So he, okay. he, it sounds to me though, he has been single for a larger part of his life, which right. is uncommon. Right. Right. So when did he marry Lisa? Come on. Okay. Okay. Keeping so, me at the edge of my seat. Um, so in 1808, right when he comes back, this is this is in honor of Valentine's Day. Right when he comes back, his um, his nephew Robert Seaton, Elizabeth's grandson, okay. writes of his uncle that he was engaged to be married to a virtuous and beautiful young woman, the daughter of a clergyman. But when he returned after an absence of two years, so when he comes back from China, okay. he is told that she's dying. So he hastens to her house, which was at a considerable distance from New York, traveling all night on horseback, and was married at her bedside the next morning. As he said to me 60 years afterwards, we were spiritually wed on earth. I kissed her chaste lips once, and she died that afternoon. So we shall meet in heaven. So um, he goes on to say, for when a soul to soul is truly wed, there is no ending of the honeymoon. And so he never married again. And they said that he was a very handsome and courtly gentleman and much sought after, but he mixed no more in society, dressed like a minister, and continued faithful to his first and only love. Okay. Oh, that's sweet. It's so sad. I know. You said it's like a perk of Valentine. That's Oh, my God. I know. And then his request wow. was that when he died, that he be buried in a pauper's grave mm -hmm. among the poor children and that on his tombstone should simply say peace. Oh, God. So he died in 1869. So he died close to when William um, Elizabeth's son died. He died mm -hmm. that same year. So, yeah. It like sounds like there's such kinder spirit now between Elizabeth and Seton and her brother-in-law Jim. Yeah. yeah and when you see how he wrote saying these things he's so much like William so you can see why Elizabeth was so taken with him okay I think the word we're looking for is so romantic <laughs> oh yeah he's truly romantic oh. and I can see why he was I wish you all could see my expression when Lisa <laughs> was reading that like my face was like soft but yeah. that it's just I mean, that's why I love him so much. He was such a romantic, but he meant it. Like, you mm -hmm. know he meant it. Like, just to yeah. be married for a few hours wow. and to not marry again. So to me, that was probably your most favorite find in oh, learning yeah. who Samuel is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It spoke completely to him. And, and just, you know, how sweet and loving he was with his sisters. And, but yet he was so smart and and use that intelligence to get something going in New York that would benefit children, to educate yeah. children. I mean, maybe I'm jumping here, but I see Elizabeth like all over his life. And the mm -hmm. fact that he, she was his influence when he was three years old. Mm -hmm. Like that whole time that he's developing in his yeah. mind. Yeah, they said that the younger figure. years are the most crucial years. Yeah, she's the mother figure. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Did, is it, so you haven't been able to find a letter yet of, maybe Sam sharing his loss and his love to Elizabeth? No, because, I haven't. I mean, it's just, I again, it's that, that true love. Yeah, no, because, I haven't. I wish I had. I could. Um, yeah. 
you know, you see those, those brief mentions, like when she writes that about him, that he reminded her, or she, yeah, he reminded her of her husband. She writes that after he returns from China and she's like, finally are alive, are alive again with having Sam home. And, and he reminds me so much of my William. It's like, so I know they had a relationship, like even after he came back mm -hmm. and when they were here writing letters mm -hmm. and he, in his letters, I went through the 17 that we have here. He's just always so sweet. Like, you know, tell my nieces and nephew that my heart beats for them. And, you know, and it's just like, oh my God. God. <laughs> I would feel like we got to figure out a way how to incorporate his story <laughs> into our program here. Yeah. Um, in our tours. Yeah, I have a, a photo that was actually, Robert, it's in Robert Seaton's book, The Seats mm -hmm. of Scotland, but okay. he got it from the um, public school system in oh. New York. Okay, so well, maybe we can get Carolyn to share the image on Facebook. Um, like you said, kind of like a Valentine perk. Yeah. I mean, that was sad at the same time. <laughs> you know, it definitely hit that romantic string yeah. of our hearts, but at the same time, yeah. it's sad. But, um, um, yeah, because somehow we have his best. Yeah, that's like, right. And I have no idea how we would have, like, how I forgot his about sisters, that. I think the sisters in New York have it, right? Yes, and it's in our collection now right. because they gifted it. So this was right. part of the, the right. treasures. But why would we have had that piece? But then I'm like, when they said he dressed like a minister and just his whole being oh a gentleman and being a romantic, it kind of just all ties together. <laughs> Well, now there's relevance, so if we were to do special exhibits again on the Seaton Family Treasures, we can incorporate yeah. that, you know, theory, you know, yeah. um, that thought, I mean, or, well, he he became a minister, and he really loved a, a life of man. education and charity, paralleling to Elizabeth Ann Seaton, even though he wasn't a, an actual religious Person, right. Oh, right? that's yeah. That's one thing I wanted to. Let me see if I can can find it. Um, so when he, I have to find it. So, uh, so it said. So this is from Robert Seaton. Um, he said that he had this peculiarity that he read a chapter of scripture every morning, first from the Protestant, and then the same in the Catholic version. Wow. So, but he wasn't a convert. He was not. But he respected both faiths. Yes. And he saw the yes. beauty of it. Right. So wow. he, he never went as far as to convert. Um, but Robert Seaton also writes that when his Uncle Sam died, um, he left him a few things. He left him a writing desk. Um, he also left him a statue of Ben Franklin, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> but he also left him a copy of the first Catholic Bible published in the United States. Wow. So this was something he carried through. I don't think this happened when he was in his 60s. I think he started reading Again. the Catholic version when Elizabeth converted. Yeah. And his younger sister. So, oh, man. <laughs> what a great. What a great episode. Great Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> no, I just like, no. Yeah, it'd be fun this time of year to have a romantic. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a romantic outfit. All right. Well, thank, All right. You. well thank you.